we are on day five of the five days of pen. And if you heard, you've been listening to that music we've been playing on, on the podcast. And the man himself who made it, Mark Espinosa, is on the line along with Antino Art. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Doing well. Thanks, man. Yeah, just adapting. Hanging out more. More time <laughs> for everything. You, you've been hanging. You've been, um, how's Nolly been doing with the with everything with it? Uh, she, she's, lo- she's living her best life just on vacation. She's like <laughs> sleeping like a teenager, waking up at noon and whatnot. <laughs> That's awesome. Soak it up while it lasts, you know. Yeah. Uh, did you? What did you guys do for Easter um, this morning? Oh, we um, I, I, I tried to make some egg egg hunt happen. It was all just eggs across the outside, and she collected them. But I, I don't think she believes in the Easter bunny anymore. <laughs> I was like trying to position it that way. She's like, where did you put the other eggs? I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see how I can go and keep that going for me. <laughs> like, I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> Would you, you guys been cooking up anything while, um, well, I know, Antia, you said you ran out of notebook. Yeah, I still, I still have run out of notebook. I've been, I think it's the cause of my, like, my writer block. Like, I, I try to, I've been trying to write on, like, con- Nali's construction paper. It doesn't have the same effect, and I, I don't. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to go to a store and buy a notebook, so I'm just like, kind of trying to write on whatever I can find. Everybody's giving uh, Bezos their money right now, so you might as well do it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, just go ahead and order on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could hit up that that same vendor that you um you probably need business uh, as well, like just people, yeah. small businesses, and need to support. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I actually wrote yesterday though. Last night, after a long while of not um, not having any anything to really collapse on, um, but it's mm. still it's still early draft. I'm not not trying to release anything or put that out anytime nice. soon. Nice, the same truck. Yeah, yeah. I gotta keep the repetition going, otherwise it's just atrophies. And it was it was for the the thing we were working on the that ending I showed you with the coin going through. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's reached to that. Um, Baker, we were, we were me and Mark were practicing uh, magic the other week, and him and another friend had like recommended an ending for something I've been working on for a while. So that's Ooh. rewriting that piece to be more relevant to this quarantine era because I originally wrote that during Hurricane Irma in South Florida mm-hmm. like three years back and it was inspired by that like being without power so now it's a similar nice, natural nice. disaster nice yeah that's actually a subject I want to kind of want to touch on uh, with uh, the relationship between magic and, and writing because mm-hmm. a lot of uh, magicians a lot of magicians generally don't write really well <laughs> <laughs> they write a lot of jokes they, they, they got jokes yeah yeah, they, they, they tend to recycle a bunch of really, you know, sleepy jokes. And it's just, and Arthur's one of the few that actually takes the time, you know, and gives the ideas the respect they deserve when he creates his magic. So mm. definitely like uh, uh, an interesting relationship between those two art forms. But yeah, like uh, for me, I've been kind of just trying to get the backlog of things done that people have been asking me for. And mm. there's like the quarantine happening, right? So like some people are asking me for like verses and animation and stuff like that. So and just working on those things, trying to trying to check them all off the list. I've been noticing your animations lately. I was like, ooh, I wish I had the skills to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 
fun, man. Animation is really fun. It's very time consuming. Man, you gonna start doing? Um, you ever go online? The guy I watch sometimes. Uh, Mass Star Media. He has the um anime war on YouTube. You gonna start doing something? Oh, like that? right. You gonna start doing something like that? Uh, what do you mean? I like the uh, what? He, the, what is? It? Well, he makes his own um. Uh, he makes his own, own cartoon animation or something like that. And he has pretty much like uh, all the main characters from Naruto, Luffy, uh, One Piece, Luffy, and um, Vegeta. Oh, and Vegeta they all Goku. like battle, battle each other. Well, not each right, other. Right. They, they go to a common cause <laughs> against like these these uh, other villains. He brings um, he brings a Kaido in. Uh, he brings um, yeah. Cooler. He brings um, that dude from... He brings a whole bunch of other villains in. And he makes his own villains and characters. And he does his whole entire story. I think right. it's like twenty something episodes or thirteen. And <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's like uh, it's like fan service for for anime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was yeah, I, was start, I did that. I did that. I was start. I was watching that when Super came on, and I was like, uh, I would rather watch this than Super <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been watching. I've been watching that Legend of Korra. That's a good show. That, that, oh yeah, there's definitely yeah. a lot of uh, there's definitely a lot of wisdom, rated wisdom in that. Yeah, and it's like accessible. Like now they could could watch it without the violence being too um, extreme. Because we had tried watching an anime that she found on Netflix, and it looked it looked innocent enough, but then like three yeah. episodes in, people's heads are just falling off. And was the bear, <laughs> was the, um, the the beast one? No, nah, it was like this one with yokai, like yokai, the Japanese um. The, the Japanese demon spirits, like the, the army and the, <laughs> anything the that has to do with demon spirits is probably <laughs> not for sure. <laughs> she thought it looked like Kenshin because we we finished Roni Kenshin and the character Kenshin yeah, is pretty is, violent. Also. Yeah, it actually is pretty. She sat through the whole all three seasons of that without without flinching. I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm curating the programming right, but she's got like you know how these Netflix like I'll be working and she'll take over the Netflix and I'll come back and I have to really just monitor <laughs> no joke like, there's too much access to, to the world at that, that generation <laughs> she's watching complete, yeah. she's watching uh, Akira or something like that you walk in oh boy yeah yeah there, there's some violent violent anime it gets, it gets it gets pretty out of control but yeah, we're, we've we've dialed it back to Korra, and she's liking Korra because we finished the first Avatar, um, and she was all into that. Classic. Oh yeah, I recommend that show to anybody. That that show Definitely. is really great. Yeah, after after it ended, I was like, that show is actually a real classic. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> There's so much gem, yeah. gem like lines in there that flew over my head when I was however old I was when that came out. I, I really I love mm. my favorite character became Toph when it ended. I was like, yeah, she's number one. Oh yeah, yeah, Toph was really cool. Even even when she got older, I think in the Legend of Korra, she seemed dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah of like course. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> her art, her archetype, I can definitely uh, relate to for sure. Yeah, the fact See that, that she's, resolute force that doesn't that stands your ground. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She doesn't let her handicap, um, well, yeah. her, her um, her um, her blindness hold her back. Yeah, yeah, she can she can fight in the dark, no problem. Hmm. Was, I, I, I like her character because she's unfiltered. Uh, she calls everybody out for yeah. you know <laughs> what what it actually is. It's awesome that the, the blind the blind character would do that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah that's, 
good. They they knew they, were, they knew what they were doing with the, the writing on that. There's, there's a scene I remember. There was a clip that popped up on uh, Facebook, and she said, uh, "Look, land." And they looked, and then they looked around. And they said there was nothing there. He said, "See exactly how I feel when you guys scream." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, everybody's probably listening. Like they're talking about anime and comics. <laughs> Like anything you watch, yeah, yeah. When you watch it again, it, it becomes a different thing. Like we, um, even like with like when you mention sacred, you rewrite pieces from long ago, and you'll see all kinds of different stuff. When mm-hmm. you come back. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, or like rereading, rereading a book or something. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, brand brand new things from it because of your your experiences. Right? Yeah, because you're different coming back back in. It's like you're just. Taking new wisdom and you know, apply it, apply it backwards. Is right. Yeah, that that's actually a really cool notion because, uh, like you, I have all these uh, scraps of writings just kind of scattered on all my different devices and notebooks and stuff. And sometimes I'll come upon one mm. and be like, "Oh wow, this 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 was a this was actually something I couldn't finish at the time, and now I can." You ever look at something? Good, good, good. Go ahead. I was saying, you ever yeah, look at something? Of, because of like the, the experiences that we had, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you arrive back at the piece and you have like a fresh new eyes almost. Yeah. You ever look at something and you kind of bully yourself and say, what was I thinking when I wrote this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> when I listen to all my old songs, they're pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was I talking about? <laughs> Yeah, your your writing style was very drastic. Like you, you were writing about um, the the monkey, the monkeys on the mattress, and the yo-yos, and and then you like evolved to like cosmic equilibrium things, a much denser nature, and then you come back to that that playful style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be a kid first, right? I yeah, you like started off like the air bending, and then you went to the other elements. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I used to write some really corny stuff. <laughs> I'm sad we're mentioning it right now. <laughs> no, it was, no, Nolly loves those songs. Like she, we still have it. She'll, she'll ask me to play the Nina Mars Yo-Yo song. Or those other oh, songs, true. Somehow I still have them all. Like I have most of them. I'm, I'm gonna need to send me that so I can post it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think we should keep that out of the the view of society. <laughs> yeah, my, at, least, at least that stuff was playful. Like my old stuff is even more serious. Like I was way too serious. I still probably am way too serious. Like self serious. Yeah, that's something that I've been trying to practice. Um, like not taking what I create too seriously. Right, like to not be so attached to it because, like, if if uh, the idea is that important, it'll find its way out, right? And some ideas just aren't that important. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like I, I tend to think every idea I have is important, and not. so I'm just trying to practice. You know, not be so attached to all of them. Because all those ideas, just like they they want to be number one, try and get out. They want the have the front stage in your mind, and you're just like everyone gets an equal opportunity, but. <laughs> Some ideas just need to pay more attention to, or you know, be, be yeah, part of the spotlight. You'll know, you'll know if it's if it's a good one if it sticks around, like it has staying power. You still live by it many years later. 
Well, that's like a, that's another good question too. Like, where's that line between creating something honest and creating something that's marketable, right? Mm. Or like easily easily digestible for crowds and stuff. Mm. I like and like, and I find myself in places where, in a you know, in the space in my mind where I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write, and I don't care if anybody likes yeah. it or not. <laughs> You become selfish. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like that—that's the thing. Like, where's that line between being selfish and selfless, or where's the balance between the two? Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the older stuff that I wrote that uh, Antino mentioned earlier was definitely for me because I was having fun. But it was also so when people listen to it, they can have fun too, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And now a lot of the stuff that I write is completely on the opposite side of the spectrum. It's like hella depressing. <laughs> yeah, you have to go through that. some hell to get to those writings, though, because you didn't just flip, flip a switch on on a whim. It was more like experiences and stuff. Yeah, 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 definitely. It definitely molded me having some of those certain crappy experiences. <laughs> I, used to, I used to be so happy. What happened? <laughs> I know, right? Well, you know, it's like that, that childlike wonder having dreams and then yeah, you get older and you, real, you realize that, that, you know, we spent that first half of my life kind of ignorant as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still write about uh, like yo-yos and things if you want you want it to revisit that yeah for sure sometimes uh, you know i find myself just writing to rap just for the sake of rapping because it's fun yeah it has like, to keep being keeping a fun thing yeah you kind of have to oscillate between the two like don't take yourself too seriously but in moments that you have to you have to take you know this time seriously right yeah so like if yeah. i if, if i wrote like a bunch of depressing songs for a week you know, I'm gonna need some time to breathe. So I'll, <laughs> yeah. write, I'll write something. I'll write something. Some of your last songs are pretty. <laughs> yeah, his, his songs like his, his were very relevant to my experience at the time. So like they were like extra, extra depressing in a in, in a cathartic, cathartic way though. It's like yeah, I can relate to that. Mm. I mean, that's so it. it's not so much like you're writing to leave people. It's to relate to people. You know, get them to divide that that sorrow or that whatever it is they're trying to feel and can't pretty much articulate. Yeah. 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 Those are kind of universal emotions that we all have. Right. And then mm-hmm. to kind of take somebody into your little world by creating a piece of art, the viewer can kind of go there with you and then relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much our job. I mean, besides us, you know, using the, the art as a, as a catalyst or a catalyst for us to vent out what we're feeling or to, Sure, but we're actually trying to let people know, like, hey, I feel this way too. Because someone's in the audience who's listening could probably feel the same way you do, and they just don't know how to yeah, express yeah. it or everyone expresses it differently. I should say, right, right. Like uh, sometimes I'll write because I don't completely understand it, mm. right? So I'll have this like emotion that I've been kind of turning my heart and mind inside out to try to understand, but when I write it, it puts this somewhere where I can view it objectively, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's, it's almost, it's a way to get other people to relate, but I think the initial thing is for me to go into something that I don't understand and don't know. 
about myself and these emotions and then to write it down. And once I start writing and kind of like catch that wave, mm-hmm. I can begin to understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you're writing down the formula. And because, right. And because I understand it, I know that the people in taking, taking it will, will get there too. Hopefully yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. I, I liked how you, you mentioned um, writing something personal than writing uh, it, something that's marketable, you know, do you, do you sometimes, does anyone feel that you have a responsibility to kind of separate the two, like the marketing one and the, the fun one? Or like, does that become like a um, a burden at all? I I think when it comes to, to me personally, um, they both have a place. My, my pursuit ultimately isn't really to market anything. It's to share, to share stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Share this art. A lot of the time I'm making art and I only send it to my friends because mm-hmm. they're like my main audience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, you know, sometimes I'll like share it on social media and stuff like that. And, and I think the, they both have a place. It really depends what your goal is, you know? If your goal is to, you know, get your name out there and, you know, maybe you develop an income from it, then that's, there's no, you can't knock that. Like, people have, have their own house. But yeah, you got to um, define the conviction behind why you're doing it. Right. Oh. Right. Me, personally, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in, in that too much. Yeah, even with, like, the poetry thing, we don't, we, I, I don't, I don't try to turn a profit or anything. It's, um trying to keep that pure because I already I already went that route with, with the magic thing like I was using that to make an income for like four years right and that kind of jaded right. me I started hating on it um, in in a very um, cynical way so it, it if you mix that it, it could become less of a, of a sacred thing and you don't you don't feel the same about it your relationship will, will have to take a compromise if you uh, introduce the different motives like that so hmm. at least with yeah for sure. at least with writing it's just pure like i'll uh, i don't yeah it's free it's like just it's just like yeah. breathing <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i found i found myself um when i was looking back to last year i found myself writing for not like it wasn't for like a market to make money like anything like that but it was just i was writing so much to try and like mainly for events the things i would form i noticed i would write for a a purpose of entertaining instead of a purpose of you know expression even though the piece that I, I would like but there's other pieces I noticed in my um, my book my notebook I'm like why did I perform this one this one I think speaks louder has a better message and I felt like my performance wasn't as as well as well received for me you know whether it is or not I feel like I should perform something else different because I chose this piece because yeah. I feel like I, did, I needed to I felt this would have been more acceptable to the audience Right, I, I, I completely get that. It kind of puts you in a state of dissonance, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're doing something, when you're doing something, you you don't feel like you're one hundred percent that you don't one hundred percent believe in. Yeah, I mean, even the pieces like I yeah. like I said, I like them and everything, but you know, mm. there's a couple. I was just like, this one needs. There's ones that just like these need to come out. <laughs> Why didn't I at least try to put them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I get that. Well, they're always there. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about like you can't really guilt yourself over that because the ideas are still put down on the table. You could always go back. Yeah. And make sure they see the light, right? 
Yeah, just dust dust them off. Yeah, yeah even like yeah, the, the drop off in all these performances, as I it, it almost kind of like took away the um because part of the motivation for me was starting to write for this audience because our at mm-hmm. least the poetry community is it it was influencing how I was writing because now I I know that there's people listening in so I'm subconsciously trying to play to that and and now that that's gone I, that might be some of the reason why I, I've kind of dropped off other than my excuse of not having a notebook although I I, I could just do it on the computer but it's it's not the same it's like it's not it's, it's just not, more yeah. fluidity to it's just a pad moment yeah. yeah right I get that yeah I mean um that that definitely goes uh back to this idea where uh writing for a crowd is definitely different than writing that's going to be read on a piece of paper and those those art forms have a relationship but they're kind of separate in a way, because if you're writing for a crowd, you have to consider them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. writing, if you're writing just to write, this is, these people are electively going to sit down and, and read it. And it's totally, it's totally different style of writing. Yeah. I noticed uh, the, the thing that sparks it though, is, is you got to feel something like I, I have to be experiencing a, a new emotion or some kind of profound feeling that I haven't yet encountered and I want to like you mentioned make sense of it like it has right. to be preceded by an emotional experience within and then that could come out um, more naturally as opposed to just hunting for an excuse to throw throw words down yeah yeah sometimes I'll sometimes I'll just you know sometimes I'll just stream of thought right just to practice but a lot of the times it comes from that kind of inspiration when I feel something also mm. You gotta go through an adverse, adversity or something, right? Like something that like just throws your inner peace out of equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's it's a wave that hits you, right? That's what I feel like it is when you feel when you feel some new emotion or an emotion that's really complex. It's kind of, it's this frequency that you tap into because of the experiences you have, and you kind mm-hmm. of have to ride that wave to understand it and and capture just so it. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it, and then it becomes fun then, because then you're like, it's almost like you can control that chaos. It no longer has a hold on you, right? You move with it. Well, some some people hold on to it just so they can keep on producing. Like, I, I'm pro- I can't think exactly the details, but I remember someone they kept themselves. It was a singer or something like that, or a singer or comedian. They kept themselves living out of their car for a lot longer. Um, they they would make millions, but they kept on living in a low profile life so they can remember the the suffering that they had so they can keep it keep that juices flowing mm-hmm. they're afraid if they move into that five hundred thousand dollar house million dollar house that they'll lose that connection to who they originally were yeah That's yeah you have to be true to your your experience and yeah because yeah. that like then you're gonna start just faking it if you're uh, writing about an experience that you're no longer living yeah Unless, well i i mean that's the thing about writing because if if you're reading a novel, a lot of these experiences that these characters are having, the, the writer or the author hasn't experienced. And you can almost, you can still learn about this author through these uh, fabricated experiences and these characters. So, like, even, even, like, fictional writing can be really real for people. Oh, man, yes. And, and it, dep- it just depends on the writer, right? 
Yeah, there's there's some some story novels you read the detail is so intricate and good, and then there's other ones that is not as much, but the way they they write down the characters' development, it just dro- pulls you in. Yeah, there's got to be that mm-hmm. authenticity with the, the details. Like you, you can know if they're credible source. Yeah, the narrator is a credible source, and I'm sure that they draw from their own personal life. Like if you read several books from the same author, like um. Like uh, Murakami is one of the guy that I read a lot of. Um, he's a Japanese author. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he's, he's like his yeah. his books all sound the same in a good way. It has the same aesthetic, the same uh, yeah kind of melancholy, sure. hopeful mm. neon signs and um, cigarette smoke and, and fluorescent yeah. lighting. <laughs> it's, it has these, there all these details are all recurring. There's there's always a cat somewhere in there that that's kind of like a spirit cat. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, um, you his can just tell that really their personality. Crazy. Yeah, in the only way, it's just surreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it really depends on the writer, right? Because, like, uh, Ursula Le Guin, she, she, I've been reading a lot of her stuff lately, and she right. says that they're, they're, Ursula Le Guin, she's a sci fi fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about her, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she passed away like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. RIP. But, um, in one of her books, The Wave, I think it's called The Wave in the Mind, she mentions in her book that a lot of the characters are in this, set in this sci-fi fantasy realm where these, you know, social structures are completely fabricated, but she has an understanding of, like, like political science and archaeology, so she can create these characters from those experiences. But then she'll write a character who likes to dance, and she, she just doesn't know how to dance <laughs> and it's just something completely outside of her, but she could still write about it to make it feel authentic. And that, I think that's because, you know, how sharp her sword is. Right. Mm. Like, I think, um, I think Arthur mentioned in one of the previous, uh, podcasts where the writer is an observer mm-hmm. and you're just recapturing what you, you've observed, which is, which could be an emotion or, a situation yeah yeah I, I, I do that when i'm writing a story or a poem or something like that i let's say for example i'm trying to imagine a fist i'll just stare at a, my fist and ball it up you know, constantly just to observe the motions of my fingers and hands and the muscle movement i like that you know yeah macro or yeah. micro observation yeah mm. yeah i was reading some like a craft book called the triggering town if Whoever's, whoever that writes that's listening, it's called The Triggering Town. It's, it's, a, it's a very short book on, on um, poetry writing, and there's a tactic where he's like, um, think small. You just you just really describe like a micro, like a, a, a moment within a moment and a split second. Like there's really no, um, it's not as potent if you try to go big and, and try to generalize and you miss all the, all the, small details that you yeah zoom in you know that's a great way yeah that's a great way to think about it i just wrote it down so i can get i'm adding to my book list (laughs) yeah that's a a great way to think about it yeah yeah he's got a uh, bunch of other little tactics in there like that do you guys feel like when you find an idea you have to you know get to the get to a piece of paper and jot it down before you forget any of it you ever feel like that yes yeah <laughs> yes definitely yeah <laughs> yeah i can't wait yeah it's, 
it's urgent, right? It feels urgent. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to get this down now. There's, there's times where I'll yeah, be talking. Yeah, I thought because what was the, the book called? The Triggering Town? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's like a 90-page book on actionable poetry writing strategies. And it was yeah, recommended really like to it. me by um, uh, another writer that I know, but he's a professor of um, creative writing. Uh, and it, it was, this was written in the 70s. Or, it was, it's an older book, but it's still relevant. Like, he'll have, um, like, specific things you could start trying, and you'll immediately, it's like exercises. I like on. that. I, I got a lot out of it. I, sort of, I normally funded that, that one. That kind of, I, I can relate to that process, because uh, when I have an idea or a feeling, I'll go to a sheet of paper or, you know, my, my notepad on my phone or something, and I'll just write it all down and, like, let it all pour out. And generally I have to fit all this stuff, all this stuff into uh, a song or like a 16 bar verse. And you have to yeah. distill it down to these, these stanzas so that the point gets across. And like the more I have on the paper, the more I have to work with. Yeah. The, er- the immediacy is what really makes it um, authentic. Cause you're not like pondering. You're, you're just naturally exhaling. It, it's not um, mm, yeah, like something that you, canned and are opening later yeah that's what um that's why i used to always wear i still always um carry a, a pen in my in my ear because that that was mm. i started doing that when i took um uh, this landscape painting class and they there's a technique called bg i might have told mark about this but it's, it's called bg yeah. um b-i-j-i mm-hmm. and it translates to breath resonance mm. and so like the idea is when you when you paint I, I don't paint, but when you paint, there there has to be um, evidence of the uh, artist's presence in the piece. Like he, mm. he was fully present. Like his his breath was evident in in every stroke or whatnot. And to do that, it has to have that immediacy. Like there's no erasing. Mm. You know, just throw it down. How it comes out is how it comes out. Um, it's kind of like the same concept with calligraphy. So if you have the idea and you have a pen, you just scribble on a napkin and. However, that comes out is that's as fresh as it's gonna be, um, and then um, mm. you could revise it later. But just that immediacy thing are key key components. Yeah, because it's like capturing its essence. If you wait too long, you can't capture the essence of it. It can be it can like become convoluted in your mind. Yeah, yeah, and then it'll it'll be obvious to the reader that this is a pondering mind at work. He's really just trying to um, mm-hmm. trying too hard to make it sound right, as opposed to just. Just speaking, like who's that guy that just speaks? Like he Levish, or he just he doesn't really. Oh yeah, to... I just <laughs> that's funny that you mentioned that because I just ordered his book uh, online because I've been really into his stuff lately. Who is it? Uh, so there's this guy, Speed Levish. He does uh, tours in New York, I believe. I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but um, he was in this movie called Waking Life, mm-hmm. which. Uh, is about this kid that keeps waking up in a dream into another into another dream. So it's like a dream Ooh. within a dream. It's kind of like Inception. Yeah, it's like rotoscope animation. What's the movie name? And there's this one segment. Yeah, it's called Waking Life. Uh, and there's this one segment with Steve Levitin, which is was really really great. But he he does this thing where he just like everything he says is so profound and poetic. And it's like this kind of odd stream of conscious. And it's oh, you sent me this. So, it's so engaging at the same time. 
You yeah, but I just recently bought his book. Yeah, did I? <laughs> did I send it to you? Yeah, you sent me. Um, I think I watched it. I have because it looks it looks so familiar. Yeah, it's a great movie. That movie changed my life. That movie changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that movie's timeless. That was like an older. That was like a VHS type of yeah thing. Definitely, and it was still ahead of its time. It's still relevant now. When I rewatch the segments with uh, Speed Levitch, there are all these things that I noticed that I didn't before that kind of flew past me. Yeah, that's when you know an idea is strong, is it staying power, right? Like, I have pieces mm-hmm. that I don't want to, most of my pieces I, I don't like looking at even months after I wrote it, because I feel like I, I mentioned on the last podcast that it, I feel like I grew past it or grew out of it. But mm-hmm. the ones that are timeless, like that's, that's the stuff that you know is, it was beyond you. It, it's really yeah. just a universal concept. Um, even with other like books that that are still like you read it, like The Catcher in the Rye or um, Siddhartha, like these books that are just old and they're they're mm-hmm. no longer. I mean, they 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 still ring in different ways if you read them in, in present day. Do you guys sometimes yeah, ever watch sure. well, you like the movie you saw, The Waking Life? But have you guys ever like watch like a uh, you know anime or? You know, a fighting movie or something that pretty much it's not really something that you just watch just for fun, but then you pick out something from there and be like, I could write about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, all day with the martial arts inspiration. <laughs> 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 gen- gen- generally, just nerd, nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like car- cartoons, anime. I'm going to get shoved in a locker for saying this on a podcast, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, definitely take from, from that kind of stuff. Yeah. He, he recently uh, wrote about Jin and Mugen, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's there's two references. There's two references in that line. It's a, it's a Ninja Turtle reference and it's a Samurai Shampoo reference. So that's so good. That just kind of illustrates how much of a nerd I am. That was for the fans. That wasn't. That wasn't just for you. <laughs> no, I, I knew my fellow nerds would appreciate that. It started, people yeah, when it. you're geeking out, when you're geeking out in the process, you know you're you're on the right track. <laughs> you're, you're having fun. Yeah, with, yeah. You, you start uh, you start ooing out over your old stuff. Like, oh, this is good. Mm. Yeah, they, they're gonna like this one. Mm. You know, I'll <laughs> I'll feel like that sometimes. I'll feel like really hyped and gassed off of what I just wrote, and then a day later, I'll be like, dang, this is so whack. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it sounded good at the moment. Yeah, right, right. That's all that matters. You enjoyed it at that moment. Moved on. Yeah. I think I think I think because we leave the frequency and come back to it, we're not on the same frequency anymore. Mm. And that's that. I think that's what happens. If you can capture it and have it stick to the piece of paper, and then when you go back, that emotion is still exactly the same. Mm. When you go back, and I think that's the key to capturing it and then holding it in place. <laughs> someone, someone said like, um, they said what you should do is they recommended this. They were like, what you do is before you even write your piece, write down the emotion that you're feeling at that moment. So that way, if you do try to mm. go back to it, you can try to put yourself back into that frequency or back into that rhythm. Yeah. Wow. That's a good idea. Yeah. Write down, write yeah, down the emotion. Good. Yeah. That's right. Gotta try that. That's good. You like, I think when you perform it and you, you read that, 
if you wrote down the emotion, you could you could almost channel it again and, and make that um, make sure that comes across for everyone hearing. Yeah, me, I'll probably get too excited. But I feel like crying. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How you feel about your piece in the moment that you're creating it is, is a, another factor. Like, I need to get back to the piece that uh, me and you are working on, Antino. I need to tell yeah, that, that collab. One. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned the the, um, the direction you wanted to go in. The um, just flipping it a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to continue that. I know. Uh, I know. I have a couple. I, Travis was. I was doing a. We're about to do a collab, but I haven't started that one yet. But those those collabs are so um, inspiring to me because I I have to write outside myself. Mm, kind mm. of um relate to your perspective or someone else's perspective and and let that influence. And surprise me, and then I start surprising myself. Well, I didn't know um, I could get to this area without um, having first been influenced by um, someone else. Well, that's like um, Bruce Lee. Uh, when I forgot the guy, it was on um, Hollywood. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, and they portrayed him a certain way, and he fought that guy. He fought Bill. Bill uh, he fought Brad Pitt, and the character Brad Pitt was portraying was someone that they met in real life. And I heard mm. the actual story was actually that they. They did a little scrimmage, and he got him. Um, they, they grabbed. He just grabbed him, and then he told them after they he, they laughed it off and everything like that. And he said, "Teach me." And so that's when he started learning. Mm. Uh, was it things jujitsu or things jujitsu? We started teaching him the style that he haven't that he hasn't been exposed to before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He said, "Teach me." So yeah, same thing. Like you know, when like you just said, we're, we're learning. I'm just like, I'm come from his perspective. Now you're teaching me, and I'm teaching you. You know, different style of. Um, coming at life through the poetry. Yeah, that's why. I, that's what I miss about um, uh, all the events. Is I was always influenced by different perspectives, and that kind of kept my outlook expanding. Yeah. And now I have to like yeah. kind of just self sufficiently do that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's 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 uh, that's why I like uh, stuff like this, where we can change ideas and how we think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'll never forget when you were performing, Mark. Yeah, the first time I was just sat there, I was like, I have to write something. <laughs> I was like, the sure, you didn't write away. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the stuff, man. That's the, that's the goal to get people to want to create. Yeah, because I feel like everybody's position is valid creatively, and that's that's something I definitely want to inspire. Yeah, we're all just part of the same ripple effect. Like, I didn't even think to do an event until like Watson kind of opened that can of worms was like, let me just throw my own event. And then yeah, that yeah. was, it's all just, we're all just, just following the, the path that was um, there before and creating a new path from that. Yeah. He opened the door for, um, wait for his coffee. I wasn't sure if other people were doing. Yeah. yeah he opened the, Yeah. That was the can of worms that opened quick. Like, everyone started going to wait for his coffee. They're still open somehow. One of the few last standing coffee shops. So if you go get coffee there, still, still open. I mentioned to Watson and Jake, I said, I really hope that they survive because they're just, you know, they're a great company. A lot, of, a lot of coffee shops are going under, or a lot of businesses. Mm. At least here yeah. in Raleigh. Probably even more so in South Florida. South Florida's got way more cases. Because, here. because yeah. they had the uh, spring break down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these kids out here are wilding out, man. What, what was it like? Were you around? Was your, your, Are you around that area where they had the spring break at, at all? Mark. I live. Uh, I live in Wilkes-Barre, which is uh, basically Fort Lauderdale. Hmm. So yeah, there were a lot of spring babies out here, but I'm generally a, a recluse anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just another day. 
Yeah, this there wasn't that much of a change with the social the lack of socialization because I, I got to force myself to go out and. That's why I tell people. No, I'm just <laughs> I you, introverts. This is just a no, normal day for us. This is, yeah, this is pretty unregular. Like oh, we now get, I'm we like get... re- rediscovering how great solitude is. Mm. Moments. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the air seems more clear. For some reason. I think it is. I think it's yeah. You walk outside, you notice the the peacefulness. Yeah, because I have like I'll have Nolly uh, before Nolly would be with me um, pretty much every day, and she'd be with her mom in the in the day and me at night. But now I have weeks where I don't see her, so I'm it, it, it sucks to miss her for that stretch. But then I. I'm like rediscovering um, that solitude, which I was so intimately familiar with um, before getting married, before having kids, all that. Like I was really um, more of a, a loner back in the day. And just rediscovering that there's a lot of peace in that. I don't know if I'm, yeah, my, yeah you could probably relate. There's this whole, you, you mentioned Mark, wholeness, find wholeness in solitude. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because like, everybody hates being lonely, but a lot of people like to be left alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is different. Uh, yeah, and and having that time to myself gave me so much space to kind of think. And and a lot of the work I'm doing, a lot of the art that I'm producing right now, isn't for me, like entirely. So a lot of it's collaborative, which is which is really nice. Hey, Mark, you sound kind of far away. Right, I, I had to switch mics because uh, my other one was dying. Oh, <laughs> you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I think I got the wind picking up on my end. It's pretty peaceful out here, though. I'm like, I'm, I'm here in the forest right now, just at my. Uh, That's I heard my parents' house. I heard birds chirping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's a forest back here. It's pretty great. I hear, I hear things like really easily because I have the headphones there's on. Wood, so. There's woodland creatures here. <laughs> I, I grew I up in like Florida where there's no, there's no, for, there's no like forest that you could just kind of hang around or, without getting tagged up by mosquitoes. <laughs> I feel like there's more uh, wildlife just hanging out outside now that there's less people. Yeah. No, but no, there, there's more wildlife in Florida with all the reptiles. Like that's, that's, I'm so used to going outside and having to dodge the, the curly tailed lizards and whatnot. Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch that freaking show, but everybody keeps telling me to watch it. It's, it's an interesting I documentary. I'm going to have to check it out. That's what everybody says. I'm like, is it funny? And oh, yeah, it's funny. The best I got was it's, it's compelling. It's hilarious. It's funny because everybody has some sort of borderline psychological disorder. <laughs> That's good entertainment. <laughs> Like nothing like a morbid curiosity to see how people get through that. Morbid curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) So, what have you, uh, what have you been working on lately, Alan? Um, um, what was I've been working on? I started working on my book and everything. Um, you got a book? Yeah, I've started writing one. I start. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I started working on that. Okay. I'll say that again. What kind of book is it? Um, so it's a it's a book about a man who pretty much uses the relationships he's in to grow. He learns from each one, mm-hmm. and it's a po- it's a mixture between poetry and an and a actual novel, a book. Um, where the poems I had, like one of them, um, and Tina was uh, abandoned buildings in it, and 
each poem defines or pretty much gives a deeper uh, meaning to how the person feels or what they're seeing from a different direction. And then the story, mm. is, the story is really the support of the piece. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like every, every person is a mirror. That from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like he'll, he'll do, deal with one relationship and then whatever he learns from that one, he'll take it on to the next one, but he hasn't fully mastered that emotion yet or whatever he, he learned. So he makes mistakes and then that ruins something and, whatever and then and so 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 on and so forth and then finally when he meets uh, the one he after he's mastered all these emotions he can apply them correctly and see uh, what kind of relationship he can build from that that sounds like avatar like you're yeah, looking for like martial arts you're looking for jeet kune do you're looking for your own jeet kune do mm, mm-hmm. right. yeah exactly it's um the title of it right now is called you are the poem i wish i could write oh that's that was that's that that speaks to that um I, I that like idea, that. me and you've been talking about sacred word. People are poems, like yeah, exactly. It's not like we have to write them; they are them walking, and we write each other. And I could, I could see, I could see you expounding on that. And the abandoned buildings one, yeah, that, that's a landmark piece to really keep building the skyline from. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited like, for it. I want, like I said, after, after the series, just you know, after I'm done editing and put it out there, I'm just going to take some time off and just focus on just that. My goal is one month. No interruptions and just write because I'll be hearing people say, I wrote my book in seven days. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, take your time. That's... Yeah, take your I, time. I you don't have to hold yourself to those standards. No, no, I don't. I, I just, I just want to, you know, that's the time I'm putting forward just the seclusion portion to, to write the book. Yeah. You know, mm, yeah. And it feels, it, it feels so fulfilling to um, complete a project like that. Like even before when, like I was writing chapbooks, it would take it would take a while, like at least a year for one, because I'd have to gather all the pieces and live the experiences. When it when it's done, it's not like oh, I'm going to sell a bunch of copies. It's it's just a it's, it's just such a such a like a self actualizing moment where you're you feel like yeah. you just created. If you you feel like you just had a baby, like you mm. had a brainchild yeah, and put yeah. it onto the world. Well, there's um. Right. Yeah, 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 and you, where it goes is where it goes. You'll spread it. And yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten on the chapbook frequency in a while. I think the last one was back in Florida. Still, like, I, yeah, I, still I would like to get them. back onto that. Yeah, yeah, you. Still, I don't have them. I got them. somewhere. I got them in the world. I got a bunch of them, and then I have like the digital copies. I'm, a, I'm, I'm probably your number one fan. I probably don't want to read them anymore, though, because if I'd read them, I'd probably get angry at how I used to think or <laughs> how serious or how wordy yeah. I used to be. I know, I know, I, I'm like I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be more concise because mm. I, I was reading in Triggering Town like the Marshall of them. I know this is that they use too many words, and that's completely mm. me. Like my, me and my worst, I'll use run-on sentences and I'll write in circles, and I just want to get like the straight line. Um, is is a, that or his point? <laughs> Is that book specifically for writing for people to read or writing for performance? Or no, it's, it's like, it's like page poetry. Like it's like really old traditional okay. um, talking about Yeats and Walt Whitman, but the, the foundation yeah. of just writing poetry and you can apply that to just communicating in any artistic capacity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there's definitely moments in a live performance where a run on sentence could help. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you have a rhythm there, and the sound of uh, 
sound of the words, right? Yeah. I mean, that no one has to worry. But like the the lines, I think you remember are those short, punchy ones. Yeah, like that just yeah. that plain spoken. You would hear it, but the way it was said is so emotionally charged, and it just sticks with you. Well, it's what, it's what like, the, at least for me, I remember those shorter lines when I hear people's performances. I think it depends on the setup. Yeah, set the, the brevity, set the brevity in them, those are, are the best. It captures it in all the immediacy. I think it, for me, I think it depends on the setup. Like, if you have set up really well and you execute it, then it's like you may not remember the setup, but you're like leading into like you were anticipating, and then you get that line. It's like, oh, so that's where they were going. Yeah, yeah, that that payoff of like being led down this rabbit hole, and then you run into uh, what what you want them to feel, like running into that that emotion with the poet or with the performer, it's really rewarding as a listener. Yeah. You want to be able to to follow them, and just like easy being easy to follow. Like if I if I write too too complex or too many like metaphors within metaphors, and the, the sentences just doesn't end, it's harder to follow. At yeah. least for me, if I'm listening, I, I would think it would be harder to follow. So I'm just trying to get to that that concision. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever write something? Has, like, go ahead. I was saying, like, do you ever write something and you just lose the topic or the the train of thought, and you just keep on? You just now you're just randomly po- uh, um, randomly in poetry. <laughs> you just like, where was I going with this? Yeah, oh. yeah, that definitely happens for sure. I definitely have that scatterbrain file in some moments. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, you lose control of the flame. Like you're trying to hold a little flame in your hand like in an avatar where they're journeying up the mountain they're holding the flame but it, Ooh, yeah. if you give it too much juice so the fire will go crazy but if you stop it'll burn out. Like you just gotta find yeah. that balance. Yeah, you get well, you can approach it from any like element, right? Some, some are more fluid, some are more scattered. Like the wind is more scattered. Fire yeah, you got control. you got the windy style, but your windy style is still controlled though. I feel like you have a lot of control over those details. All I got to fun- yeah, yeah. I'm trying to funnel it because a lot of my previous writing was kind of non sequitur randomness, and now I'm trying to write more in prose where there's like a narrative, and there's like a really specific expression, and it's it's definitely harder. Yeah, when you funnel it, then it then it becomes like a piercing thing. Like you can you can you can penetrate and get get it to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. I like how you, you that's, said that's that. A hard, has, and that's a hard element to control, though. I, I would say, I would say you're you're water and you're poetry. Me, I'm water. Yeah, I would, nice. I would say you're water because just how fluent you. Because I think when I think of water, I think of you know the samurai sword, the way they move their, their body movements, everything's direct and it cuts through and there's like this flow to it. And so that's kind of how I see it, your writing like that. Yeah. We used to joke about that style. Like I, I, um, I think Mark, I think Mark came up with <laughs> this word. Like we, we used to call it limping river. Like the, river <laughs> would, the, the flow would be stifled and it would just kind of trip on itself. Mm. But, but yeah, water was part of that. Like I was always trying to kind of stay fluid and, have that cursive aesthetic. Now I'm gonna start looking at poets and just assigning them elements. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like looking out through the lens of this geek, uh, geek culture. <laughs> oh yeah, fighting styles. Every, every day, every what fighting day. styles? 
They probably listen like He writes that. with leopard style. <laughs> he writes in the trees. <laughs> There's definitely something to learn from Wesley. I guarantee it. That's a rare style, too, because I'm playing this game right now where the guy fights me with leopard style. So I have to learn leopard style and learn the weak spot of this style that no one knows about. And that's 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 like where I'm at in that game. It's it's Shenmue. Shenmue's a good game. If you're if you're into writing, if you like some if you like some writing in your video games and some poetry, the the game is begins with a poem. It's that game of all time. Arthur always finds a way to uh, to mention Shenmue. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's the idea is still relevant. It's got that same power. <laughs> oh, that's solid. That's solid. My some po- of the stuff. Uh, some of the writing that Arthur shared with me through that game is, is, is really cool. My my most poetic game I've had this is Kingdom Hearts. I just love that. Oh, game. I've never played. What? Yeah, I'm playing that right now too. Are you? Are you did you beat it yet? So like the, the last one, the third one? Yeah, I beat I beat it when I got it when it came out because I'm a big nerd when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and I bought it. And... <laughs> True. You beat it right away. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You you're even beat it yet? No, nah, okay. me and Nolly are on the last, I think we're on the last level, but the bosses, it's like there's a string of bosses that just don't end. Oh, you're, you're feeding the organization right now, right? You're fighting them? Yeah, yeah, and, they're, and we're like in this town that goes upside down, and oh, yeah. those guys in the trench coat, yeah. there's, like, there's like a ton of them, yeah. and you can't find, we're kind of stuck. I, I keep dying. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, uh, you know, in the beginning of the game, there's something where they don't make you level up, and I hit that button, I, I added it. And I was wondering why I wasn't leveling up. So for like five bo- or three or four bosses, I was like, why have not gone up in level? I'm still level 10. What's going on? And <laughs> my friend told me, yeah, there's something you got to remove because it makes you not get XP. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, <laughs> I probably, I probably hit the same pitfall. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm on easy. I'm on easy mode and I'm, I'm stuck. Like, I'm stuck. <laughs> that game over. That, for me, that game was... <sighs> It was just so it was it was been like eight years. It don't been eight years since they did the last one. Way over, I think it's like 10, 15, 10 years. And for me, I just like this is too long to wait for this. It just it was it was too lackluster for me. And I love yeah. I love that series. Yeah, it is poetic though. I mean the the um the, the cutscenes and the music and mm. that like poetry is so universal you could say anything is poetic you could say like a dance is poetic or a yes, game yes or a martial art like that's what there's just there's something so so perennial about that that art that mm-hmm. just people just know it's common knowledge like they know what what is and isn't that yeah i'm like i'm, I'm a big fan of movies where the dialogue is so good like it is like a poet like it is poetry like you have i mean something as simple as listening to um with heat with Al Pacino and um, and Robert De Niro, and they're sitting that sitting at the dinner table or the the, uh, the table, and they're talking yeah. to talking to each other. That dialogue is written so well; it's poetry. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, can't imagine yeah, those definitely. movie scenes really where they can go in, and then the perform, performance part of it. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that adds to it. I'm constantly looking for stuff like that. Like desperately looking for stuff. Because, uh, like, uh, when I rewatched Waking Life, I was like, this is the kind of stuff I need to stay on this frequency for a while. So I was, like, desperately searching for for things along those lines. And, like, replays and 
and movies have a lot of really great writing if you find the right one. Yeah, Waiting Life is really great. The show um, that's on Amazon Prime now called uh, Undone was really good. Undone, um, nice. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, I, I guess I could give you an intro of what it's about. It's about this girl, her father passed away. And the whole aesthetic of the, the show is kind of like Waking Life. It's just rotoscope footage, right? So it's animated footage on top of like real footage. And she finds out that she has a nonlinear time, like nonlinear mm. relationship with time. Mm. So she tries to help her. Yeah, she tries to help her father find out who killed her. So there's like all this existential stuff in it, and about space time, and about like dimensions beyond this space time. It's, it's really cool. Ooh, it's but yeah, like that. That stuff affects me for sure. Like if I'm watching a movie. And or like even like an interview or something where somebody will say something and it'll pierce right right in between my eyes. Mm. Like I just got shot with a beam of light, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just, that was that was important, you know. Yeah, even and then you yeah. start dreaming about that kind of stuff, and then it just kind of takes with you, becomes part of embedded in your psyche. Like, and then you start living. Like I, I live the game Shenmue. It's so it's so embedded in my psyche. <laughs> Like, even the way I ride a bus is inspired by how he rides a bus in Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. know that art is really going to become you. Consume you. It consumes you. The, the, right. That's, like, the, that's the best thing about the staying power of certain kind of pieces of art that you take in. They do become a part of you. They become a part of you for the rest of your life and it molds you with how, how you experience it. That's why art is so important. Yeah. And, like, that's why, like, that's why I'm not so interested in marketing, like, my art to be, like, palatable for just whoever. I don't I'm writing this game. Specific, for specific things, you know? Yeah, and, and it's going to have a different Im- impact, and whether you know it or not, on someone. And that goes far beyond, um, like, popularity or social media likes or props, praise or whatever. It doesn't even yeah. have, you don't even have to know about it. It's, and that's just kind of knowing that that it's probably affecting someone in a way that you didn't know is is rewarding enough. Like that, that's yeah. kind of the yeah yeah. I I uh, I was watching this um, Charlie Kaufman interview earlier today. He's the screenplay writer for uh, Eternal Sunshine for Spot with Mine mm. and those movies where they're kind of. They, they always come full circle. I really like his writing. He was saying something about how he enjoys when people enjoy his art. Um, but the thing that he was he wants to express has to be the thing that he said. Otherwise, he's unhappy. Like if some if you write something and they uh, they understand it, they they take from it what like something completely different than what you intended for them to take. Like, he's he's really unhappy with that kind mm. of thing. You guys, Not you the guys, intended you guys reaction. Find, right. You guys find, you guys feel like that in some situations? Because, like, I'm generally, like, I, I kind of write and the emotion gets there, but I don't always care if they get yeah, or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't always care. But when he, when he mentioned that, it almost, like, it almost 
made me feel like I do need to distill these ideas so that they get exactly what I'm feeling. If I'm, when I am, yeah, that, then, that's then I feel like I'm, you know, taking, taking myself too seriously. <laughs> no, no, I mean, for me, when I get that deep where I'm feeling like that, I wrote a piece um, a few months back and I was crying. I was actually, actually, and Tina, I was crying when I was writing the um, the piece that we're working on. Um, you told me, yeah, yeah, yeah that that was like, that that um that subject gets me every time though. Like the whole parenting thing is, yeah. there's a that's that's like my weak spot. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna like, try to, but yeah, no, I'm just getting them to feel that with you is is a good is a good goal. I mean, you want to aim for specific reactions. Um, yeah, because like, like we don't. It, it's it's. I don't think we we create just for ourselves as much as we want to think, yeah, I'm just writing for me, creating for me. Like we're serving others. Um, and it, the selfless part of that, like um, you, if you want someone to feel like they're not alone in that experience, um, so uh, yeah. you want them to feel that, that specific yeah, right. way and get that reaction, then it becomes like a service. Like even, um, uh, with, especially if you're trying to spread a message that's, that's beyond you and worth under that worth spreading and worth having other people rally behind. You want to aim for that specific reaction. Yeah. And that's yeah, a different craft exactly. though. You have to, you have to understand how, how people are receiving it and write from their point of view or perform from their perspective and just be outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah I totally get that. I mean, like with, with a certain, certain mediums, it, it differs because like in painting or abstract painting, they're not necessarily saying something directly. It's almost like an indirect expression. You have to kind of subjectively form your own opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really pinpoint that. Right. And some writing is like that. Some writing is so random and non sequitur and just, you know, scattered. That Jack Kerouac. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's exactly what I was thinking. Like Kerouac and, and, you, you understand the feeling, right? And is it more important to understand the feeling or like the, you know... Or just comprehending the message? Because it's incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah. I think they go hand That's in what, hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, like words can get you there, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they fall short for tr- communicating the full yeah. truth of things. It's got to be the feeling, I then. Mean, yeah, it's, 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 I think so. I think that's the coolest thing about about uh, writing, though, because even though it won't be 100% because that person is not you, they don't understand everything about your life and their experiences. We could still, like, the pursuit of trying to get there, to have this, like, spiritual commune almost, is, is a really dope uh, pursuit, I think. Yeah, you're uniting the universe, just getting everyone to... Because that's the universal emotion. Is I mean, the universal language is emotion, not English or whatever dialect right, right. you're yeah, doing right. poetry in. I, I feel like they go hand in hand for me because when I when I'm writing, I'm trying while I'm writing, I'm trying to recreate the uh, recreate the imagery or the, the scene or the the emotion behind it. So mm-hmm. when I put the words down, I'm purposely writing. Like for example, I'm trying to remember. Let's say for example, uh, my parents were arguing when I was a kid. And the smell of coffee was in the air. I'm trying to recreate that scene with the coffee smell to trigger the tears or whatever. Yeah, 
I like that. That's yeah. right. Specific yeah, moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like um when you're trying to express the universal uh, universal truth from your your standpoint and your kind of orb of existence. Yeah. You, you have to recreate that definition of like, for example, like like if you're trying to express love. Everybody's idea of love is completely different. Yes. Yes. Not completely, but generally. Well, There's a lot of variants. Yeah. Well, some right. people, some people put dog you know, calls around people and they call that love. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But then you have to like create this, you know, scenario that will bring them to the place where you are. Yeah, that's where that's where that thinking really, small comes from. You got to think small, not yeah, over, really overly generalized. Mm. The direct, the direct, um, um, direct uh, angle to get to the point. So I was trying to write about. Darkness. I, I write because this this is for that piece I'm working on, where um, essentially uh, coins go through a table, oh. and it's called moving through the dark. It's a classical, it's a classical concept in magic. Um, people have been doing that for a while, but I, I really am drawn to that um, that aesthetic just because of the, the methods and it's just there's some kind of I feel like I'm at one with tradition if I'm doing that. But writing about darkness is hard for me because it's so it's so abstract and so universal. It's like trying to write about love. And I've heard yeah. darkness described as like the rumbling dark, or I, I read yeah. another poem where he said the non cheering dark. I thought that was pretty cool. But just like, what are your thoughts on how to describe darkness? Cause it's so, yeah. and, well, there's so many, there's so many ways to, there's so many words that you can use to describe. And it, it's like choosing the specific word and like the perfect word to describe it. I don't, I don't always think of that when I start writing. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I start writing, I'm just like throwing shit at the wall. Throwing <laughs> it, yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately, and then, <laughs> right? And then when one thing sticks, that's when I can start finding the the exact word mm-hmm. to express those. But like, yeah, you uh, can definitely throw a lot of walls in the things at the at the dark subject. Like, and yeah, because generally darkness is it has a negative connotation. Right, yeah, that's almost what it feels like. But then it could be expressed in it with a sense of solitude or silence, mm. right? or like kind of like this euphoric emptiness. And yeah, I never thought of it that way. It does have a negative connotation. Um, yeah, like when I write about darkness, it's, I and I write about darkness a lot. <laughs> yeah, as of late, oh, not in the, just as of late. Yeah, when I write about it, like it, it, I, because I have this relationship with solitude right now, it feels like this never-ending space to explore, right? Kind of like the ether, where mm. you can lift off into the sky and, and see what's out there. The mm-hmm. darkness can be that that unknown that you can explore. Mm. I, I'm actually gonna yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna try on, and work on that. It depends on how you use. Yeah, it depends on how you use, like, what you're going for when you say darkness. The ether you can explore, yeah. I will come up, for me, like, I'm actually going to, now that you mentioned, I'm going to start writing, doing the exercise with darkness, but I am I would like to come at, come at from the Bane aspect of how, you know, pretty much, you know, we, pretty much darkness is our ally, um, pretty much, you know, I was born in the dark, I was raised in the dark, um, you just inherited. Ally, okay. Yeah, that's kind of that's the angle I want to go come from with it. Um, pretty yeah. much, if you because I'm thinking of it from a way of like the negative part, like everyone says, 
I'm depressed and now I'm not depressed. I'm happy. I see the sunshine, but you can utilize it in a way to become invisible to make a goal happen. That's kind mm-hmm. of like, that's how I'm, that's the angle I want to come at come at with it. As an ally towards your goal, yeah, that, that's that's all really good. I never actually thought of it because the stuff I was writing it was it, it wasn't charged in a positive way. I was talking about like the gravity of it. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. how it's something you got to get through, but if it's like your ally or if it's like an either that you could use to explore infinite possibility, well, yeah, that's good. That's that's like the post I put yeah. up where uh, I said tip. You have to tip. To, sometimes you have to tiptoe past the noise in order to assassinate a goal. So I kind of think of that. You know, the darkness ninja tiptoeing. Ninjas like darkness, baby. Yeah, it is their ally. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time to wear masks and, and walk <laughs> at odd hours. <laughs> you can go go out every day, you know, thinking that you're a part of some like the hidden leaf. Man, I'll be you know, Itachi. It's, that's, it's just, that's, that's a given. It's just a much cooler way to experience life. Yeah, as a shinobi. Right? <laughs> See, for me, yeah, I, you've been you've been doing that before. Before all this blew up, this wasn't. This is nothing new to you. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> this is well, think think about it. Like everyone leaves you alone. It's like you can't go anywhere. You want to go out? Like nah, man. Uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep on saying it even after it's over. It's like nah, I'm still afraid of the coronavirus. <laughs> it's an excuse to be even more introvert. It's the rise of the introvert. This is what that era. I mean, before, like it's like we had a negative connotation. It's like, yeah, he's too quiet. He's not, not outspoken enough. Um, it, it's viewed as a in, in our society, it's viewed as like a weakness. <laughs> but now, now it's now it's the tables of turn. Well, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. That's how I feel at work. Where what I do is completely different from what I love to do with the art and poetry. And then in the back of my head, I think about this all the time while I'm doing a project or a job. I'm thinking, you don't realize I can really put some beautiful words on a piece of paper right now. Meanwhile, I'm helping. They don't know. You hide the power level. Yeah. Yeah. It's under 9,000. I think about that all the time. Yeah, you mentioned in an earlier episode, you're like, I wish I could just, I wish I could just like unleash fury on on these. I don't don't know if you were talking about a retail job or something, but I remember (laughs) vaguely from the past episode, you're like, did you know that I just like smoked an entire the other day and yeah. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of just the joy of hiding your power level <laughs> well even, even and I, I appreciate even more so even more so I look at people differently like um mainly mainly the jobs where you know like someone a, tra- a guy pick up trash and throw into the back of a, um, a garbage truck that man may be a beautiful musician and we don't even yeah. know it <laughs> we only see him like those things on on Facebook that they do, where the person you know looking rags, and they they have a skit where the person the people are talking junk about them, and they come and sit, jump into a Lamborghini and drive off. <laughs> you you just don't know you know the judging book by its cover aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's gurus amongst us, we, uh, and I think it's cool like that. You don't want to. I think if if it's meant for you to find out or cross paths with that that person or that energy, that philosophy, it will yeah. happen. Everyone yeah. else could just, it, it, at least I'm fine with like not having the spotlight. On. I, I am too. And, I'm, and, and uh, there's so much to learn from too. Like if you're out there actively seeking 
knowledge and wisdom and trying to elevate your craft, you'll, you'll find those people. Yeah. 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 The, well, the worst is when people, you, right. t- you tell people and they say, uh, write a poem for me. Uh, say a poem for me. It's like, no. Oh, do, do people do that to you? Yes. <laughs> you put you on the spot like that? Yes. I tell them. I'd much rather do that than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be put on the spot. Like, do a poem at me. <laughs> I'd rather do a poem prefer- at someone than do a magic at them. Yeah, I prefer doing that. Uh, I, they, they do all the time. Like, whenever I say I have a show, they'll be like, oh, say a poem for me. Why don't you share it with us? I'm like, no. No, I don't get paid for that here. I mean, just, uh, I think, yeah, we, me and Mark were talking about that. Like, you're, it's not on your terms, and you kind of, you're not like a, a puppet, you know? You're, exactly. I'm not, I'm not a court you're jester. A cook, you don't just, like, cook something right there. <laughs> you, go, <laughs> you go and pick up a, a blade of grass, some dandelions, and you mix it together and have this gourmet dish. That's the thing uh, with uh, our growing relationship with magic, because, like, it's the medium that, that comes with it, like that. That <laughs> if somebody if somebody knows your magician, they're gonna ask. You, you like know. most people don't ask poets to do that, but that's that's cool that that they do. I mean, they're generally interested. But, nah, but, you know. I take it in a negative way. I was that's like, you trying to make fun of me? <laughs> or they're trying. Yeah, they're just trying to test you. I guess. Yeah, it's like cause that's it, when you that's when you pull out the sword and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> you know what it would be about? It would be a poem about people asking you to do poetry. <laughs> I've never. I mean, I don't, that's a new thing to me. I've never been like asked to do poems. Well, I, I keep it pretty low key though, so I don't. I don't think people know that. That's, I'm into that stuff. Um, even with magic, I try to keep that a secret these days, and um, have been. I've been avoided. And if people ask me, like, I, I'll try to kind of, like, defer it to a later date. Like, I'll be like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll kind of divert the, change the topic. Um, but if you're, I think the best one, though, the best on the spot um, representing your art form here and now was uh, me and me and Mark were doing a, um, a street magic show. And for some reason, um, one of the audience members, I don't know how they knew, but they, they thought, they challenged Mark to a, a break, a, a breaking battle, like b-boying. Mm-hmm. And, and that was like in the context of a magic show. And, and he was ready to, <laughs> I, I think you are ready to go. You're ready to like battle in the, in the street. <laughs> like you were getting into a, into a sort of a stance, but like it, it didn't pan out to my, to my dismay. I would have enjoyed seeing that go down. Cause I think he was kind of drunk. But yeah, that, that's the <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, those were the days. You won't get me doing that now. <laughs> he said those were the days. <laughs> oh, man. You, you know, when you were talking about magic and um, poetry, and I know, I know, you know, you guys mix it together and everything like that, um, I was just thinking how magical it is, how the words we, we come up with. Like you said, that the wave, and see, I remember you mentioned the wave, uh, wavelength you have to tap into um, from the universe in order to pull things out. It's just to me, it's magical how we're able to do that and put it on paper and trigger other people to feel an emotion that you felt or feel. Like that's like some yeah. some mind trick gameplay, honestly. Yeah, that's the that's the spell. There's, yeah, yeah, that, it's like a subterfuge almost. Ooh, poetry Power spells. Burn. Ooh, 
Yeah, yeah, we're just incanting or incantation. No, no, this is this is actually a real. That, spells are been a thing for a while. That, uh, words have power like that. Mm. Yeah, the the thing is, like when I think about um, coming up with an idea and trying to get it through to this this person or this crowd, I don't feel like I own that emotion. It's not fun. Mm. You know, I just. I just tapped into the frequency and let the let the wave ride out. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the finger at, at the it's the moon that your finger is pointing to. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily mine, you know. But because of my ego and because of my experiences and my pride, I want I want these people to feel what I felt. Mm. And if they do and they accept me, that's like you know that's like people people generally want to be accepted and validated. Well, that's, that's that's the pursuit. Yeah, no one wants to stay alone on in their own, wallow in their own thoughts and emotions. They want to, like, they want to uh, share. They want to share the misery. <laughs> 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 they want me to, yeah. You mean like it's it's a visceral need to connect with others. Yeah. It's all, just try yeah, to not be an Yeah, we have that human need. But when I think about it not being something that I own, that is mine because other people have had these things before. It's not mine. It's ours. This is just a way for us to, to view it in, in a way that I experience. Yeah, I'll, it's just a perspective. Because like, if you're a photographer, you don't own what you're taking a photo of. Right. You just saw it in a different way that people have probably seen that same thing many times you just had an angle on it or a lighting, that, that's something lighting effect. That's something interesting because there was someone who was a photographer and she it was something a couple of years ago and there was a photographer. She would make money off of this. She would take a picture, you know, she'll sell the photos and then someone was going online and going, going to this exact same location. She would take a picture and recreate that photo by like, you know, down to like the necklace. It'd probably be a cheaper mm. necklace or something like that, but down to the necklace and they got caught. <laughs> mm. So that this introduced you to, you know, the ownership of it. Like, do you feel, let's say someone was to, you wrote your piece and then they change certain words in the piece. You know, do you feel that connection is different then at all, or like borrowing from? Yeah, words? like they, they took a few lines from yours and they just put it into theirs. Yeah, I think I think uh, at least, uh, you you got you got to steal artfully. <laughs> I think whether you know it or not, you're because you're being influenced that, that, by what you saw. That's such an interesting concept because my roots come from hip hop, and like in hip hop. You can't even generally take from anyone. No, you get massacred. Don't want to be copied. Yeah, you don't want to be copied. You have to make the effort to be unique, and and that's that's a really good pursuit. But it's also like uniqueness is a a really uniqueness and individuality is is an amazing pursuit because you can tap into things you never understood about yourself. But and in hip hop, it's like times have changed a little bit where where people are arguing for others to be able to share right mm, yeah so it's like yeah like i mean it doesn't generally happen in rap music but i know that in b-boying right now people are like that's not a bite that's inspiration mm. and oh I shit think, yeah and i think i think because uh because of that, it could have its positive and its negative effects. Ne- negative effects, because that's what separates the art from the craft. 
the art is that individual experience. And then the craft is just being able to do that thing. Mm. So, like, if a b-boy can do this move, is he really expressing himself? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It depends on how he transitions or... I don't know, but... Yeah, if you're like, inspired by it, I don't think it's going to come off as a bite. So, but it, I mean, is like, it, then is, it, then it's like you're, you're, you're filtering it through your lens. Is, is that why when That's someone's doing a move... About, I'm sorry. Yeah, that like I try to pursue my individuality, but that I think it's it's better to you know don't take yourself too seriously and don't feel like you own all of it. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's been there. Like, yeah, that's just like that's just first of ego maniacal kind of perspective. <laughs> The ego, the ego is a crazy adversary, especially if you like reach a certain level in any, in what you do. Like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm still very new to poetry. I didn't really give it this much of attention until the last, I mentioned like, so like the last year or so. But if, if I were like in other things, like with, with magic, I had to battle my ego a lot because I have been giving so much time to that. And I got to a point where I felt like, yeah, I own this stuff. I've created this style, like created these effects. But then I'm aware that that's an illusion. It, you, that stuff was there before you. So the I think the further down, like the more um, uh, the more well versed or fluent you get in a specific practice, you the, the ego gets introduced, and you get so you get like accolade and you get recognition and praise and do a thousand shows, and then all of a sudden you're battling the ego, which is a very intense matchup. I I actually like that matchup though, because if you can win those matchups with, with yourself you're just mm-hmm. defeating your like self-victory true victory self-victory mm-hmm. yeah I get that for sure I think yeah, uh, the, ba- the baby mind is nice though I like I like kind of being just a newbie there's something nice about that Regression. Regression like I'm a, I'm a baby mind in poetry like I'm by no means have mastered any like I've only done like how many shows I've only done like four or five shows or something. So like, I I don't I don't think I'm gonna be battling the ego. Hopefully, not anytime soon. Well, it's funny. It's funny. DS said something interesting last night. He was like, "We kind of have to. We kind of all have an ego because we're going on stage and putting on a show. We're saying this poetry. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gonna you, you'll get there. Everybody does. Everybody that that goes right back to the you know validation thing. Everybody needs that validation and that that. That is directly tied to the ego. It's a very human thing, you know, so we can't really get mad at ourselves. You can yeah, I can't knock it. It's like your, it's like your shadow. Like it's it's yeah. a proof that you're alive. Right. It's like desperately reaching out. You know, I exist. I, I have feelings. I want to express myself. I think if you like take um, some inspiration from somebody, it can't be like a direct. Bite. It has to be molded for, for it to be unique for you. Yeah. It probably just boils down to the intention. And yeah, the intention is like, the intention should, if you want to get inspiration from this person, do it respectfully, I think. Yeah. That should be yeah, yeah, you don't want to plagiarize their moves and call it your own. Because yeah. <laughs> 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 that's not the pursuit, right? The pursuit of art is to 
to express yourself and who you are. And nobody is the same person. That's true. That's so you true. need to you need to find a way to it's like it's, it's like actually that makes sense because of what you said of you know not owning the emotion because then it's like I wrote a poem about love well I did too well you came from the same direction I did well I did the same I, I felt this emotion <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah there's nothing like um but if you're then you're you're connected in that way you can bring a different thing to the table on that same topic yeah. which is why I love those co- those collabs I'm excited with that collab we're doing like your perspective on that is like in the future and it's it's creating a different layer different wrinkles to how I'm approaching that piece yeah yeah Yeah, Mark we've been working on this one collab piece for like past two three months it's been a few months yeah like a parent kid topics of that nature it's gonna be good yeah one coming from the aspect of someone who already has one and then one who who wants one and the the things that we both deal with from our perspective. Yeah, who's that? That was I think that was your idea, the concept at least. Uh, yeah, because because I was I was feeling an emotion about because I have a piece already. Um, pretty much, I'm in love with somebody, um, in love with someone I don't even know, and pretty much talking about how I'm in love with my own my son or daughter, and I don't even have a kid yet, but yeah, I love them to the, to the point where I would give up everything in order to make sure that they survive this world. But yeah, I don't have a kid yet. Yeah, and so I can't imagine. I can't remember exactly the emotion I was feeling at the time, but I think no, no, what it was. Someone said, "When are you gonna have kids yet? When are you gonna have kids?" And from there, I got triggered for a poem. I thought about you of someone who already has one, and just kind of flipped into whatever we're, what we're coming into now. <laughs> I highly recommend kids. You're gonna write so many poems once you do have one. <laughs> well, I just, mean, at least like I, I found that having Nolly kind of triggered me to write more because it's almost like my my uh, attempt to slow time down and just appreciate these moments that kind of go by too fast and just just capture them in some way so that was then like there was that whole most like most, for a while most of my poems were mostly about about Nolly because um I had so much more time with her when I went through my separation it was just kind of like me and her for that was it like it was just a me and Nolly show so yeah. It became just a way to slow time down and appreciate those moments. Yeah, that's some of the best writing you've done. Yeah, it was different too. That was a whole that's kind of that coincided with my entry into poetry like like in earnest. It was no longer um it, it was no longer like magic sidekick. Before that it was just kind of like magic sidekick. It was just I had to write patter. I didn't want to write jokes. Hmm. Write some more um substantial. But then it like just became so much more than that. Um, when I was just doing it by itself and then just appreciating, it just makes you appreciate moments. Like you overlook things all the time and take, take it for granted. And for me, at least it helps me not do that. Mm. Do you think like if, if like on a, like, a <laughs> do you think like, let's say like the, the T virus drops, for example, and we're all in a, a horrible situation, in Raccoon City. Do you think we'll still try and write some Raccoon poetry? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do you think the poetry will still you know, nah, come I gotta out? I got to play that game. This is the right time to play the game. <laughs> oh, what was the question? Sorry, I was, I was, I was just thinking about going to GameStop now. I'm actually, I'm actually going to buy World of Z. I know it's been out for a while. <laughs> I'm actually going to buy that game. But um, mm. the thing was like, if something crazy like that was to happen, I mean, I'm being exaggerative, of course. But 
would would you think your poetry how where do you think your poetry would go from there like imagine you being you know um leon or something like that in the middle of that or carlos in the middle of that um craziness like what do you think your poetry would be changing a little bit oh yeah yeah it would i mean the experiences that you'd have to go through you would have i think experiences precede poetry or anything Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. any kind of uh, art that you want to create you have to experience something first to feel like feel an emotion first. So if you were living in a post-apocalyptic world, which we kind of, we pretty much are, are heading there if, if this thing keeps ramping up. But um, Amazon will yeah, that'll, that'll create, that'll create different, a different um, perspective. And you have to, I think before you even throw down though, you have to establish a disposition from that experience. Like you mm. go through the experience, crystallize your disposition. So you know what you're talking about. And then you can like um, express that. Um, once it's like um, established yeah I like that I'm actually going to try it kind of reminds it kind of reminds me of this thing uh, that Virginia Woolf said about like how the words uh, the emotions existed way before there were words to put there oh okay yeah so yeah uh, like once you have those experiences, those, the words don't even exist yet. Then, yeah, they're in the either. You just gotta right mm. take them, take them out of the air. I'm like imagining like um, a, a, a core, a nucleus in like the universe, and it's distributing the wavelengths um, random, randomly. And then I see like these stars and spirits floating around. And then when this, when you're dealing with a situation, let's say whatever it is, it says like, oh, there's an opening. It hits you, and then you it's kind of, mm. it kind of evolves. It, it mor- yeah. morphs like a symbionite, a symbiote, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And like you become the uh, host yeah, to the emotion. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's a good analogy. Yeah. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write. Yeah, you're, you're just like a you're just a vessel for that that timeless energy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty great to think about in that in that way. It's just not it's not stuff that you own. It's in there. Sometimes I think about my experiences, and I've had like some shitty experiences. But there are other writers that have have had way worse experiences, and are generally better people than I am. That's what you said, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like it. It sometimes, you know, on a bad day, it'll make me question the validity of what I'm trying to express. It's like somebody else. Darkness is all relative. Yeah, that could be someone else's brightest day. <laughs> mm. yeah. Right, right, exactly. Also, too, darkness is humbling too because you no longer have the view of something, and now because you're take, taken away of whatever it is, and now you're like, okay, let me appreciate what I had while I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, we could yeah. consider this a dark time, but like, what if you don't have a job no more, or, right? Or, or you actually have the virus and don't have a job no more? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so many. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I, I tend to go through my day to day passively sometimes, and I have to kind of check myself. Or I have to, you know, look at my situation and appreciate what's there, what I actually is, and it takes effort. It actually takes effort. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a certain uh, awareness level of just 
not being zombie autopilot. That's hmm. easy to fall into. Hmm. Yeah. Hey guys. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, this conversation took so many different directions from talking about anime games, <laughs> emotions, darkness. Keep going. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a few Can things. There's a few things I want to do. I want to do when I write a darkness piece. Now I'm gonna send it to you guys when I'm done. Send it to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'll inform yeah. how I'm going about this piece. Yeah, cause I, uh, I uh, actually I I I wrote a song a while ago. I'll send you guys the, the advanced rough of it. But it has to do with uh, the darkness. So I'll nice. with you guys after we get on this call. I'm excited for that. I mean, nice hit. Yeah, I'm also want to tap onto um, uh, now a post-apocalyptic type viewpoint, like for instance, like The Last of Us or like I Am Legend. Uh, World War Z, um, Resident Evil. I want to see, try and feel they what they felt during you know, while because even though we're playing the game, watching the movie, and it's like oh man, it's crazy if we deal with that. I want to see how if I dove into that world for a second in my my psyche, what would come out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good backdrop for um, seeing how how you would respond to it because it's really just. Poetry I mentioned is a response. Mm-hmm. How are you going to respond to the post-apocalyptic Raccoon City? Right. And that could probably be your finest hour. Like, it, adversity brings out greatness, but you don't mm-hmm. know that you have that stuff in you until you encounter that situation and see what you make. Yeah. I, I, I like you. You can let the, the idea just kind of congeal since it's already there. Right? Mm-hmm. And just yeah, just let 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 it marinate. Let's always think about what the situation would be like if it was like that. Yeah. And then eventually you'll you'll have a whole narrative. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited now. You guys gave me some great things to work on, <laughs> to some exercise and some fun things to play with. Yeah, I'm ready to start writing again. You guys are fine. Sure. Well, good, 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 okay. good. <laughs> I think we're gonna, yeah. I think we're gonna have a session after this. I'm about to, I'm like right in front of the. Um, I, I was like right before this call. I was in front of that that darkness. So I'm mm. ready to, to make some edits. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, definitely gonna write. Like after I'm done uh, editing these these sound bites and these um these episodes, I'm pretty much just just hop right back into the the pen and pad and just go in. But yeah, that's great. You're still creating in this time, and this is like the best time to really yeah it create, is. train, study. Yeah, there was like a, a huge resurgence of artists online too, because everybody had so much time to create. And on like the first couple of weeks on Instagram, like my feed was bombarded with all this really great art, and it felt like we were all together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're all meditating on the same same experience now. We're all kind of united in that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love playing field. Objectively bad right now. <laughs> for a yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. Like imagine if you're like in prison and you got coronavirus, or there's yeah, so many different darknesses out there that people are going through. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, a couple like the the dream defenders, I think, in Miami are bailing people out because the conditions are so bad there. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, because that's like elderly in there. I mean, people get old in prison. They're, they're yeah. at risk aging, catching them. I think they're they're uh, releasing certain people depending on the degree of the threat they have against mm. their lives. 
Yeah. And like good. A degree of the, of the crime also. So there's some good. There's some good happening. Man. This should bring about some kind of her- heroic responses from people that had it in them the whole time. Like not even artists, just like people that can just take some kind of positive action in response to all this. So yeah. we'll see what the human spirit is made of. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, that's, that's all. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the, see what the, sp- the human spirit is made of. Now we're being tested. Yeah. Are, are you, it's, it's a good, I mean, it's, unfortunate that it has to come to that this yeah. is like really the time to rise to the occasion like I've been even trying to go on the true state of just like supporting local businesses like the local bookshop just buy stuff in there mm. that, that, that that has given me joy lately even though I'm spending more but I'm just trying to like <laughs> I feel like I'm doing something important from that couch if I'm like ordering yeah. books online from <laughs> independent bookshop <laughs> The Triggering Town, uh, any, uh, what's it called? What else am I reading? I'm reading the, forgot the title. Oh, um, On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous is the title I'm reading. And I bought some kids' books in Mali, local bookstores. I mean, at least with dining, people need to eat. But I, I could feel for the local bookstores and all the writers to probably send their books there. Yeah. You hear that, everybody? Support your local businesses so they don't fall under. <laughs> Yeah. All business is business. Sword right. shops go buy a sword. Is <laughs> well, local martial we, arts we shop. Might, we, we might need that for yep. other means. <laughs> 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 Become Miss Sean on the. There's a, there's a store shop in the mall up here. I, I, hope, I hope they're doing good. I, the Triangle Town Center's got like a weapon shop. See, I, I, I'm have to go patronize. <laughs> I, I want I want a sword that's going to cut through something, and I don't think their swords do that. <laughs> I want a I want a Hanzo sword. That's what I want. <laughs> they sell Buster swords, like from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, <laughs> give me Squall sword. That's so that's so impractical. It's like a completely geek shop, but they just sell like memorabilia from random anime shows. I got a Keyblade in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Us just vibing out and you know chopping it up. You know from. The nerdy side to the creative side, you know, the positive stuff, and also the content we're probably going to start writing out just off of this conversation. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, I can't. Out of that, yeah. Yeah, I definitely learned. Thanks for having me. No problem. And Mark, no, thanks for keep doing that. I haven't, I've been talking to humans, like, I've been talking to people a lot less frequently. other people. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and, uh, and also to Mark, thank you for uh, the music that you supplied for these for this podcast, this the series, Absolutely. and just the, the original. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I need, appreciate you supporting my work, dude. Of course, man, you're you're awesome, <laughs> and Tino, man, man, it's always great talking to you and the wisdom you drop. You made me think of things from a different perspective all the time. Yeah, no, same, same. That, that, that's all influenced by by the people I I'm surrounded by. So, yeah, yeah can't yeah, wait to get back to it, man. We, we gotta we gotta connect and resume that collab and that all the all the other stuff that we were working on that's been put on hold and the events. I know you had some events postponed, so I'm excited for those to get back. Yeah, well, time will tell. You know, with the the way the year's going. <laughs> yeah, just save it all like in one concentrated week. I'll put it all through. 
<laughs> one like a celebration of us coming out of it. Ooh, that's that's something to think about. But, <laughs> but you know, I hope you guys, you know, stay safe and you know, uh, pretty much take care of you know the family. I thought that's going on. So, and I really appreciate you guys doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be reaching back out to y'all soon. Oh, definitely, I'll be here. You guys off off of the air, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta share art between us. Yeah. Mark, I, I probably um, send me your email. I think I don't know if I have email or not. I think I do, so I can send you a Word doc. Um, I send uh, me and, and Tino sometimes share stuff on the Word docs. Yeah, I'll do uh, email for that. All right, all right, guys. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. Um, to everyone who listened, I appreciate you listening and. This being the final day, day five, I hope you enjoyed our nerdy rants and our creative flow uh, and hope we inspired something for you. All right, everybody, be safe and peace and love.